0: Morning and welcome to the core connection. I'm Mira Rubin here with you on Enlightened World Network. And today's topic is what is today's topic? Let me just check here. Um, Today's topic is letting go of being right. So, um, you know, our experiences reflect our inner state. And I noticed uh at, over a couple conversations uh this past week that there were issues around being right, and I recognized that there was something there must be something going on with me in regard to that. So that's where our topic today comes from, but before we get started. Let's take a a couple minutes to get present. Uh, Let's take a deep breath in through your nose and hold it. And imagine clean, crisp oxygen flooding your lungs, flowing into your bloodstream, nourishing all your cells and your organs and bringing vital life energy to your body and being. And as you exhale, exhale any tension, stress, negativity, fatigue, And now let's take another deep breath in through your nose and hold it. This time, imagine brilliant bright light, lighting you up from the inside out, illuminating, electrifying, and energizing all your molecules, all your electrons, all your cells, and creating a brilliant beam of light from your heart out into the world. And as you exhale, Exhale any remaining tension, stress, negativity, fatigue. And now let's rub our palms together vigorously to feel the energy, the friction, the temperature. And as you release your palms, feel the buzzing and the tickling and tingling of all that energy moving. And allow that to bring you present right here, right now into this remarkable physical form that enables you to experience life. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome, Rosalind. So good to see you here this morning. And welcome to everybody else who's joining us. Uh, today, we're talking about letting go of being right. And so um, it was interesting. It was interesting in, like I said, in a couple conversations, I became really aware of the people, the person that I was talking to, their need to be right. And so what I recognize is that if I'm identifying that, then there's something going on with me about needing to be right. And so that's where this conversation's coming from, you know, to look at what is it to you know that's driving this need to be right and how uh, what does it mean to let go of that need and and what would that look like to let go of the need to be right and so what is arising for me is the possibility of truly stepping into someone else's perspective and you know it's interesting in that dynamic um there's it, it goes into identity i think because we we identify with our beliefs we identify with our perspectives and this, this notion of being right means I know the truth. And if you don't agree with me, then you're misinformed or you don't know the truth. And um, I talk a lot about interacting with life as hypothesis. Um, But, but I notice that there's a level of ego that and and by ego, I mean um, maybe partly sense of self that that is intimately connected with our notions of what's true and our perspectives on the world and um In looking at that, what occurs is that those perspectives or our conviction about those perspectives, I think may be tied to our deep desire to be able to try and navigate the world, to try and understand the world. And that's why perhaps when our vantage points are challenged we experience it as a threat to our construction of reality and therefore it can be experienced as a deeply destabilizing influence to to release our attachment to being right or to knowing how things are to knowing what the truth is because it's how we construct our our world and based on that construction that's how we determine how to be in the world so you know this is all hypothetical but you know it, it seems like our in, our investment in being right is very deeply tied to our sense of safety our sense of understanding how things are, and um our moral code and our values and um, justifying ourselves and our way of being and our perspectives and it's it's very interesting um because. We experience our perceptions as real. We experience our view of things as as true, typically. And when someone, someone else's perspective doesn't jive with our own, it threatens us on some level you know it threatens our sense of truth it threatens our sense of orientation actually in the world you know if if my perceptions aren't accurate then then what can i i'm i'm basing my response to the world on my perceptions. And if my perceptions aren't accurate, then how do I how do I navigate? You know, it's challenging. So um, I'm wondering if if any of this is connecting for you, if it's making sense. Uh, But will will um, kill the messenger, so to speak, if someone is presenting information that threatens our sense of the status quo and um how do we how do we navigate more gracefully in in arenas where there's disagreement you know it's really interesting i i I had this conversation with a friend who said i'm going to convince you i'm going to convince you that i'm right about this you know this perspective and it was interesting because i i got to look at we were believe it or not we were talking about the definition of sustainability and um we have different perspectives on that word. And I, you know, I, in common parlance, sustainability is being able to maintain without creating harm. Um, and I I sort of extrapolate that to be looking at our current systems and recognizing that they're not sustainable. Um, and the word sustainability has kind of fallen into um, um not disrepute, but it it has it has lost favor in the face of the word regeneration. And to me. We need to regenerate in order to be re- be sustainable. But you know, anyway, it was really, really interesting. and what what came up for me is that I recognize that I am choosing to define the word sustainability in this grander context. And so for me, that's the definition. And I get that that's that there are other perspectives on the word but I I just found it so interesting because we both recognize that we're in alignment around this whole regeneration thing, but there was this determination to create agreement. And it almost felt, it almost felt like force, you know, like there was this intention to overpower and dominate. And so this is another thing that I've been noticing in some conversations lately. So I, it made me look at what's my, what's my inclination to overpower and dominate. Uh, because, you know, we, the, the world that we're seeing is a reflection of what's going on with ourselves in, in many ways. Doesn't mean that the dynamic that we're perceiving doesn't exist, but I I tend to believe that it's a reflection. So as we, I was going to call today's session unraveling, because I'm looking at these dynamics and sort of teasing them apart for myself and looking at what are these patterns of not just in me but culturally but in me too these patterns of domination and control and um overpowering and um opposition you know and i think i think that as we become more aware we also become more aware of how nuanced all of this can be uh, that this, this how deeply ingrained some of these patterns are of um, domination and control and um, how easily threatened we can be when when there's a challenge to our belief, you know, and how how stringently and rigorously, stridently rather, and rigorously we defend our being right. So all of this is part of the conversation about what it might take to create greater Communion, to build bridges of connection and communication to to um, find ways to transcend our differences and and find alignment with one another to find connection and compassion and part of that is by rooting out the embedded and ingrained patterns that we function from, most often unconsciously. So to bring these patterns to awareness is very confronting. It's confronting and also really important. Uh, It's confronting because it results in an unraveling um, to be letting go of being right. It moves us into a place of uncertainty and the unknown. And the unknown is a place that most people find tremendously frightening or threatening. So Roslyn says there was a lot of that during distancing measures. A, a lot of which exactly, Roslyn? I'm not sure. Um, probably domination and control, right? Um, and and assertion of I know I know what's right. And um, you know it's interesting because one of the people that I was having this. Conversation with where where the domination thing was coming up um, was relating to a community that uh, we're looking to put together and um, the screening process for people coming into that community and uh, it was it was really interesting. Because the premise was that the desire was to have people who were free thinkers in the community, and yet there were certain perspectives and beliefs that were being held as the measure of free thought and um you know i i just i just find it fascinating to be looking at how how we um, you know we might we might be advocating for for free thought, but if someone doesn't agree then then we're um we're we're saying that they're not free thinking um, there's there's certain paradoxes i mean we get to we get to look more deeply than the surface in in our assessments you know like to to question our foundations to to question the way that we come to conclusions, to question the way that we actually think in order to free ourselves to generate something new. Um, there, There are certain assumptions that we guide ourselves by that are invisible, that impact all of our perspectives and the way that we can make those dynamics visible is by saying, wow, how did I come to that conclusion? What's underlying that? So in a conversation that I was having, um, I, I was telling somebody about something that I was excited by. Good morning, good morning, Bernadette, welcome. So good to have you here with us this morning. We're talking about letting go of being right and and how that can start to unravel certain perspectives on the world that may be keeping us limited. Um, And it's challenging. Anyway, uh, where was I going with this? um Oh, so the I was t- sharing something with someone, and I was really excited about it. You know, just like oh, all these synchronicities, and who knows, there could be something really possible out of this. And I was generating these new ideas, and their response was instead of their response being, "Oh, that sounds amazing. Good luck with that." there was their response was be careful. And Bernadette says, grandma always said, do what you want to be right or do, do you want to be right or do you want to be heard? Yay, grandma, Bernadette. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Do you want to be right or do you want to be heard or do you want to be right or do you want to communicate? Right. Same, same idea. Thank you for that and Rosalind says the question one could ask self what is it that you're truly frightened of is it fear shame or blame behind it exactly so here i was i was all excited and this person says be careful and i was like thank you for that and that wasn't really the response that i would have hoped for you know it's like well so where is being care- be careful coming from is it coming from invoking fear you know caution is fear right or or being or is it that i'm not circumspect enough to you know cuz the person said well i i just i know you're really enthusiastic and i don't want your enthusiasm to carry you away and and make poor decisions and i said so so it's not it's not fear as much as thinking that i don't have the discernment to um to evaluate this opportunity appropriately you know so here they said no no it's just good wishes and i'm still trying to twist my head around to be able to understand that it's good wishes um So Bernadette says, I think it comes from one's experience of things not working out. It's about them, not you. Exactly, exactly. So Bernadette, it was their projection maybe of their own enthusiasm where they have gone ahead and made choices that were not super um, uh, well-informed. But it's very interesting. You know, they were projecting this on me and and I just, I, I, they wouldn't see that. I really wanted them to like get, hey, either you're projecting your fear on me or you're saying that I am not discerning enough, you know, like that you're concerned that I might end up in a bad space, but that's projecting fear right? And, and they totally refuse to see it. And after a point, it's like, I can't make them see that. You know, I can't, I can't. And I recognize my need to be right. Also, in that perspective, you know, to say, Yeah, you know what, this is what I see, this is what's going on here. And there's something available here for you if you choose to receive it, but that they didn't, they didn't. And, and I got to be looking at that whole dynamic and my need to be right in the context, you know, is like, um, I, I, I tend to look underneath. So I'm looking underneath for myself as well, around um, being, being aware, being perceptive, you know, like, that's how I make my living is, is looking under, underneath things. And so part of me really felt like i had to assert that and finally i was able to say okay well not not being received and still part of me came away saying uh you know looking at it still looking at it and and saying well is there another way to be looking at this that it is purely good wishes you know but when we say be careful it's because we know there's danger, or we believe there's danger, right? Whether we're we're cautioning someone to pay greater attention, or we're projecting our own fear or or some other combination of things. Um, I'm still I'm still toying with it, as you can tell, but uh, I, I found it really interesting and important to be looking at my need. To assert myself and and how that might be dominating others or trying to um, to control others as well, so um, I think it's valuable for us to recognize these possibilities, these potentials in ourselves so that we can unravel them and free ourselves from them and, and become ultimately become more present. Um, and it's confronting, it's confronting to consider that, wow, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm engaging in this behavior that I'm finding objectionable, right? So Bernadette says, I carry on with the plan because just because, because just because it didn't work for them doesn't mean it won't work for me. I act and think differently for situations. The beauty of all being different, one hundred percent, Bernadette. I'm not. I'm not letting their um, be careful influence. Like I'm. I'm still tuning into my own direction and knowing um, because that's the most reliable thing that I have. And and I am aware and cautious. So anyway, it's just a very interesting dynamic, yes? With that, I'm going to wrap it up for this morning. So much love and appreciation to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for engaging in these conversations. And uh, I'm Mira Rubin. This is The Core Connection. And I go live here each weekday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Enlightened World Network Facebook page and YouTube channel. And I invite you to please check out the other awesome programming on Enlightened World Network, EWN One with the Earth, and Enlightened World Living. Again, again, so much love, and I hope to see you again here really, really soon.